Hi, all, and welcome to another edition of the Honest Teacher Podcast. I'm Mike Espinos, your host, and this week, I first off want to apologize for being a little late. I know I got behind. Uh, last week was a little crazy with spring break and everything that was going on. Um, for those of you who heard my park testing episode, you can understand that park testing and post-park testing can be a pretty crazy environment. I've also got a lot of things coming up, as I mentioned before, and I will mention again. Uh, I just finished speaking uh, last Friday at the Northern Illinois University uh, Society of Women Engineers um, end-of-the-year dinner. It was a fantastic experience, and I'll actually be talking more about that in a little bit. Coming up, I'm going to be at the um, I'm going to be at Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo on April 6th. You can find me at 1:30. I'll be speaking on uh, STEM and comics on an amazing panel. I'll be um, there on behalf of the Society of Women Engineers as well. Uh, two weeks after that, on April 19th through the 21st, I will be in Schaumburg or not Schaumburg. I'm sorry, Roselle, Illinois, Rosemont, Illinois, at the Illinois Education Association Representative Assembly, and I will most likely be speaking at some point there as well. I'll also be attending as a delegate, so please come out and check me out. Coming up, the summer looks like I will be at Denver Comic Con, so if you're in the Denver area, please, by all means, come out and check me out. If you are brave enough to go to Denver to the Denver Comic Con, it is an amazing time, and I absolutely recommend you go there. And if you've come from as far as I have, or at least from out of state, come find me, and we can all hang out and talk about how crazy it is the world we live in. Now, onto the topic I'd like to talk about today. Um, this last Friday, I was speaking at the Northern Illinois University Society of Women Engineers end of the year dinner, and I was on a panel with the most wonderful panelists ever. And a question came to us, and one of the questions was about what do we do after we're done with school? Now. I'm a teacher, so when I get done with my bachelor's degree, I can go get a job, and that is something that's wonderful. But a lot of people who are in fields uh, that are more technical, especially engineering, yes, they could get a job with a bachelor's degree, but many of them are pressured into getting a master's or a a doctorate degree. But the problem is, and this is something as an educator, um, I had to step in and I had to answer as well, is that when it comes time For you to know what you're doing once you graduate school, you only think you know what you're doing. Now, to clarify what I'm saying here, when I graduated school, I made this mistake, and I told the students not to make the same mistake as I did, where I had my piece of paper in hand, I had my sheepskin, I was certified intelligent, I knew what I was doing, and I just got done with the most modern education possible, and I couldn't wait to get out there and tell all these people who've been doing it wrong for years how to do it right. And I was gung-ho to just go out there and prove to people how smart I was. On the first day of my first job, I showed up and I didn't quite put my diploma on the wall, but in the way that I acted towards others, I did that. And I thankfully had a very nice gentleman who was a science teacher and he took me aside and he said, he said, Mike, you wouldn't be here if you weren't smart. Stop trying to prove it to everybody. And that gave me a wake up call. I realized that I had been trying to prove to people that I was smart, and in doing so, the confidence that I exuded was also saying to them that you guys aren't, that your time has come and gone, and I'm here to replace you, and those teachers who had a year or five years or ten years of experience more than me, or even twenty in some cases, looked at me and smiled and were patient and said to each other, he'll get it eventually. 
and I did. But not at first, and not until somebody told me to shut up. Now, what happened is, when I stopped talking and I started listening, and I know it's hard for me as a podcaster to say I stopped talking because that's what I do, but when I stopped talking and I started listening, I started realizing all the things I didn't know. I didn't know what my specialty in education would be. I didn't know the things that I didn't know. And I realized that I was both confident and suffering from imposter syndrome. Now, what I mean by that is, and I've said this before, and it is the first words that I start any book about education with, I have no idea what I'm doing, but neither does anyone else. Every day, I felt like the kids knew that I was only a day ahead of them while teaching. Every day, I felt like I was missing something and I wasn't as professional as the other teachers around me. And every day, I looked out at my classroom and I knew I was making mistakes and I thought the kids knew it and I thought they were laughing at me up their sleeves and it turns out they weren't. Some of them knew I was making mistakes early on and they saw it, but they also appreciated my honesty in telling them that I was as new to this as they were. Um, when it comes to teaching, when it comes to just being a human being, I can't recommend that you go through all of your school all at once and be this perfectly educated person who comes out. Because I had no idea when I became a teacher that technology was a field that was going to eventually shape my life as an educator. I ended up getting my computer endorsement degree because my grandmother offered a chance for me to take more classes and to get my endorsement if I would get it in computer applications. Now, that sounds silly, but my grandmother was the person who bought me my first computer when I was a kid, an Apple IIe, and she supported me throughout the years and helped me become the person that I am today. And with all of that and through all of that, she knew the future. From the 1980s when she bought her first computer, she knew the future was computers. And as an educator, she knew one simple fact. We were not teaching computers enough. And I still argue we're not teaching computers and technology enough. I may be biased being a technology and computers teacher, but I feel that to be true. So I thought it was silly because there was no jobs on the job board for a computers teacher. If there was, there was one or two. And I assumed if there was so few jobs, there must be such a high competition. Just like if I was a music teacher or an art teacher, there's a hundred applications for a single job or more. I figured a computer teacher was the same way until I got a job as a computer teacher. And then I realized that the education we're giving students on computers, it's incomplete. And then as I continued to go on, I realized that not only was the education incomplete, but the other teachers understanding of how to best use computers was incomplete. I started to, to you know, I, I, was, I was very natural in how I grasped computers. I was what we refer to as students today, a digital native, but Digital native isn't a term that I would apply to students. I would only apply it to a handful of people because not everybody's a digital native. Our students may grow up every day uh, since the day that they could walk with a glowing rectangle in their hand, but that doesn't mean they know how to use it. And in fact, many computer teachers and teachers who use technology would argue that at this point in time, students are actually becoming worse with technology than better from year to year. So for those of you who are graduating, and I said this to these students, 
you don't know what you don't know. And I can't imagine you know what the next step to take in your educational career is today because you haven't gone out there and seen the things that excite you, that that guide you, that motivate you, that move you, that just make your brain race and you stay up at night because you just want to write more about it or you want to talk more about it. Those are the things that when you become an educator, you need to focus on if you're going to continue your education. And if you become an educator and you can't find something that you want to continue your education on, you should probably consider why you're an educator because I am a lifelong learner. And that is not just a buzzword I apply to my students. Being a lifelong learner is something that an educator must be because you need to you need to be able to translate that love of education to your students to make them lifelong learners as well. I am not teaching them the material as much as I'm teaching them how to approach the material, how to research, how to discover, how to be excited by, and how to report what they find. I could teach them anything under the sun. As long as I'm teaching them those skills, I'm doing the right job as a teacher. Now, when it comes to what you're going to do, the other reason that I do not suggest you immediately jump into school from one degree to another is a simple question that every job is going to ask you. Where do you see yourself in five years? And if you can answer that question, and I genuinely challenge you to answer that question, if you can answer that question, I am shocked and I do not believe you. Because there are so few people in the world who see themselves today where they're at that could have predicted it five years ago. There is no path in your life that is so predictable that five years in the future, you know exactly what you'll be doing. You may have a plan, but plans never survive real life. You may have a goal and you may work towards that goal, but I guarantee you, you will find changes along the way. You will change your mind, you will change your attitude, you may even change your priorities. And without having the experience of the of life and of what you do for a living and what you plan on doing before you go back for that education, I don't know how you can plan for the future, not knowing what the future holds in store for you. When I look back five years ago, I do not see who I was. I could not imagine being where I am today. And when I look to the future, I can't tell you what it's going to hold, but I can tell you I'm really excited about what it's going to be because so far every year I've grasped the opportunities that have come my way and I have made exciting choices that have led to exciting outcomes, meeting new people, to being in new places, to having new responsibilities, and most of all, to being a better person. Every day looks so much better than the day before because something new and enriching is happening. And that is modeling being a teacher, that is modeling being a lifelong learner, learner for our students. And for me, to stand in front of a room full of engineers who are all, on paper, most likely smarter than I am, to be who I am, to come from where I was, to be talking to that group about to end their educational career or this step of it before they move on, and to have something worthwhile to say means that I've had to look back at being an educator and I had to ask myself, am I making people better? Am I making the world a better place? And am I making a difference? And when I wasn't, I had to question what I was doing wrong and I had to get better at it. And when I was, I had to question what I was doing wrong and I had to get better at it. That is lifelong learning. And that is what I try to impart to these students. 
And the most amazing thing is being a middle school teacher, standing in front of students who are about to graduate with their bachelor's, master's, or in some cases, even their doctorate, and having them listen to me. Because nothing is more scary in education than a middle school teacher, because those years were terrifying for every student. Now, the students shocked me with one other question. They asked about teaching. They asked about what it was like to become a teacher. And thankfully there was a professor from Northern Illinois University who was there to answer the question about teaching because she gave me perspective that I didn't understand. Now, the question wasn't about the fear of becoming a teacher. The question was about the fear of looking like a failure. Far too often, there is a stigma in education that if you became an educator, that's because you failed at your regular job. And I didn't realize what they were asking with that because before becoming an educator, I was a I was in construction. I, I swung a hammer. I, I jokingly call myself a knuckle-dragging gorilla. And I don't think that, that, that perception of myself has really changed that much through the years. As an educator, I can't see myself as a failure because when I was in construction, everything that I built, I could point at and say I built that. That was an amazing feeling. And now as an educator, I can point to every success my students have. And instead of saying, I built that, I can look at them and I can say, I helped them build that. I built that person who built that. And to be an educator isn't a failure. You haven't been driven out of your field to become an educator because you can't do it. To be an educator is to realize that the future of your field is so important that you want to take your expertise and you want to give it to others so that you can make the field that you're in a better place. For me, every day when I go to school, I look at my students and I want to demystify STEM. Science, technology, engineering, and mathematics far too often is something that other people do. That is something for smart people, or that is something for successful people. That is something for people who go to Harvard. That is something for people who live in other countries, or any of those things. Or in many cases for my students, that is for something for people who don't look like me. That is an unacceptable answer in every one of those cases, because every one of them has a place in a STEM career. Every one of them has a potential to have a job in a STEM field. They just need to find where their talents lie. And if I can demystify STEM, if I can make code for programming seem like it's not scary, or if I can make science seem acceptable, or I can make math fun or useful, or I can make engineering something as simple as why we build the things we build and how we can build them better, if I can demystify and, and make something like STEM a part of my student's life, then I have succeeded as a teacher because they're going to go on and they're going to build the things that are going to make the world a better place. They're going to build the YouTubes. They're going to build the Dragon Rockets. They're going to go on and they're going to make a difference and they're going to solve the world's problems. And when the students do that, I can look at them and I can know that it was the expertise and it was the challenge of making someone else better through my work as a teacher that helped improve the world. So when I stand before a group of engineers and they look at me and they ask themselves, 
why should we take advice from a middle school teacher? Because middle school teachers are scary, and that's why. <laughs> middle school teachers know that the most transitional area in a student's life is between elementary and high school. That is when who you are kicks in. That is when you start really thinking about the world as being a bigger place. That is when you begin to gain a sense of self and your hormones come in and you have to fight them and so many things about it change and thankfully there's a guide along the way who says you can be you and you can make a difference and you can make the world a better place. Let me show you how. And as a teacher, in five years, I don't know where I see myself, but I can definitely see myself continuing to help people make the world a better place and guiding them on to being lifelong learners. And that is where I get more out of talking to students than they ever get from listening to me. And I hope that they do get something from listening to me. Because as a podcaster, I also hope that people get something from listening to me. But when I see myself talking to people who want to grow and they want to change, and I they challenge me to challenge my own assumptions, to challenge my credibility, and to challenge the way I think, I grow. And that is why I love talking to people. And my simple question is, where do you see yourself tomorrow? Not in five years, not in 20 years. Where do you see yourself tomorrow? Thank you guys for listening. Next week, I will have more for you. I will be doing a panel at C2E2, and hopefully I can get it recorded and up quickly. I'll also be, additional, be doing additional interviews at C2E2, which can be found on other podcasts. Um, my write-ups for those interviews will be available at TalkingComics.com, and my recorded portions of the interviews will be available at TalkingComics.com, as well as on the DC Comics Squadcast. I do have a nerdy side. I hope to talk to you guys about it more. Have a good week. And go out there and make a difference.